Hello, everyone, and welcome to the uh, post-graduation pre-Pentecost edition of the Monday check-in. I am Damon Jensen-Heitman, one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's an accurate description. This past weekend was the graduation weekend for both Hastings Public and Hastings College. The weekend mm-hmm. before was Adam Central. Yep. Um, and this Sunday's Pentecost, and you won't be here for it. So I won't be. You'll be pursuing the Holy Spirit elsewhere on Sunday. I will be. <laughs> or will the Holy Spirit be pursuing you? Ooh, let's get it. Where can I go to flee from thy presence? You hem me in before and behind. Right? Yes. That's a psalm for those who, <laughs> who may not know. Uh, but a psalm that's a good descriptor of the Holy Spirit, too. Yeah. And I think it's supposed to be a comforting psalm. Uh, but I think also it, it could be mildly terrifying. <laughs> well, it's, it's, yeah. it, is it the police that sing the song, Every Breath You Take? Um, was that who that was? Police. I feel. I I think that Sting was involved. I don't know if he was with the police then or not. I think so. Maybe someone should should suggest that for the summer sermon song series. I think we just did. Oh, that's a very creepy song. (laughs) But it would pair well with that psalm and this idea that God relentlessly pursues us. Yeah, and yeah, and this idea, like, there's no, you are known, right, for good or for ill, <laughs> like, whether you want to be or not, like, you, you are known. And uh, love. And, yeah, and, and sometimes that's comforting, and sometimes, sometimes, you know, because I've disappointed someone that loves me, I don't really want to be around them, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Very well. But said. that's a different. That's a different Sunday. That's not this coming Sunday. Uh, so what we do on the check-in is uh, eventually we talk about the scripture that we're going to use for the upcoming Sunday. This upcoming Sunday being uh, Pentecost. Pentecost. And um, and then we have a little bit of chat about that, a little informal scriptural study, and then we switch gears a little bit and we share kind of what's going on in the life of First Pres Hastings. So. Uh, who does the opening prayer this week? Um, I think you do. Okay, let's pray. Loving and gracious God, um, thank you for drawing us to you. Thank you for drawing us to one another. Thank you for the ways that your spirit has nurtured and challenged us uh, as we gather together to consider your word and what it might mean for our lives. May your blessing be upon us so that we might be a blessing for others. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we have from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 18 for this coming Sunday. Folks most likely know this story pretty well. Uh, it's It's a continuation of the events that take place in the Gospel of Luke. And it reads something like this. Excuse me. When the day of Pentecost had come, they, being the disciples, were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, 
and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound of the and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine, is what it means. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea, and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Here ends this reading. Greg, what do you got? Ooh, uh, it's a fun one, isn't it? <laughs> sure. There's a lot going on. Uh, on a scale of one to 10, how do you think that I did on all of those uh, names and regions of the world? Well, you nailed them because the whole point about reading biblical names is just to do it with authority because nobody can actually tell you if you were right or wrong because we don't know how these words were pronounced 2000 years ago, right? Right. I mean, that's my take on it. 10 out of 10. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. And then this is the, the Phrygia? You said Phrygia. Yeah, like a, you know, like a frigate. Yeah. Pamphylia. <laughs> some sort of a boat, I think. Egypt, Libya, Cyrene, Rome, Cretans, Arabs. It's a, it's. So they're all there. Everybody's they're all there. there. And in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. Like, what a powerful uh, moment, right? To think mm -hmm. that you've got this cacophony of all of these different languages speaking, and yet everybody hears it clearly in their own language. It's, it's kind of like when you're saying the Lord's Prayer in a group of Lutherans and Methodists and Presbyterians and Baptists, and you get to the, the, the trespasses and trespassed against us, and some say sin and sin against us, and some say, um, oh, what's the other one? Debts and debtors. Debts and debtors. That's what we say. <laughs> I forgot the one that we say. <laughs> um, you get this, 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 it feels like a train wreck cacophony and yet everyone knows what the other one is saying. And, uh, and you have this moment, uh, which is, is powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, um, you know, and it's also, okay. Because the way that the, it reads, 
um, right? So let's say you were among the disciples, right? And so there's a so there's a flame above your head, right? And Park you're, right here. And you're, speak, you're saying something, and I hear it in, in English. Careful. I hear it in English, right? And Francisco next to me, you know, the guy, the gentleman that runs Beto's Tacos. Yep. He hears it in Spanish, right? So, um, so it's it's not really a, a miracle of of the tongue, right? As much as it is a miracle of the hear of the ear, right? And and I think that that says something about the importance of being willing to listen um, and and being willing to hear one another. <laughs> uh, when we're speaking, and that 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 the understanding comes not necessarily through what is spoken, uh, through what is well, I guess it's both, but the understanding is as much through what is heard um, as it is through what is proclaimed. I guess. Yeah, I love that interpretation. Um... Now, yeah. I can't take full credit for that. Uh, Eliezer Fernandez, who was one of my seminary professors, uh, was one of the first people to point that out to me. But Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. The story of Pentecost, we do theoretically read it every year. Um, if we were Roman Catholic, we would definitely read it every year. Uh, at our church, we've read it every year that I've been here. Um, in the rank order of stories and their importance to uh, the Christian church, uh, for, for me, I would say it's like Easter and then Pentecost and then Christmas in terms of the stories that we read every year and their importance in terms of what it means to be a Christian and particularly to be a a part of the body of Christ. Now, I think most average Christians put Easter and Christmas up there. And Christmas is important. Certainly the birth, the incarnation of Christ is important. Don't get me wrong. But we can't underestimate the importance of this story of Pentecost because really this is the birth of the Christian church, right? We have Jesus, life and death and resurrection, birth, life, death and resurrection, which are all vitally important to the Christian story. But in terms of the actual church, this is the moment. Uh, 50 days after Christ's resurrection or Christ's resurrection, right? That's that Pentecost technically means 50 because it's 50 days after Christ's resurrection. This is the moment and the descending of the Holy Spirit to give birth to the church and as you said, Damon, it's, it's, it's this beautiful moment where people are actually listening and, and hearing God um, in ways they perhaps never have before. And, uh, and, then, and, <laughs> and then Peter gets up and defends them. They're not drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, no, no. Remember, this is what was spoken in the prophet Joel, right? And yeah. Yes, it's the so uh, the being visited by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit coming to dwell amongst people of faith, amongst us, and then also the being empowered by that 
Holy Spirit. You know, the, um, that's the book of the Acts of the Apostles, right? Uh, they become apostles <laughs> in in the book of Acts, right? They, they were disciples. They were followers of Jesus. And then they become apostles, like they become people who are sent out into the world, right? And so that that changing, I guess, of which way the arrow is pointed, I, I suppose, um, is really important. And I mean, this sets the stage for the majority of the writings in the in the Newer Testament, <laughs> right? I mean, this sets the stage for all of Paul's writings, all of those who would then claim to follow in Paul's footsteps, and uh, and the same for Peter and John and. Um, yeah, and all of those folks, and Stephen and others. Matthias. Matthias? Or Matthias. Matthias. He was not a wee little man, I know that much. There, there's an important detail here, right? So there were, there were 12 disciples. And Is then he the one Judas, that gets, dra- he gets drafted? Yeah, so Judas okay. gets, Judas betrays Jesus and, and hangs himself. And so then they're down to 11, so they got to vote in a new one. And um, according to tradition, Matthias is here at this Pentecost moment. Mm-hmm. So, so there's that. Mm-hmm. It's also, it's interesting to me um, that what we call Pentecost is not what anyone was in Jerusalem to celebrate. Right. <laughs> Pentecost was a pre-existing festival that I think had to do with harvest. I think so. Um, yeah, it, it was it was tied to a Jewish festival. Um, yeah, that I think had to do with the harvest and like fifty days following the harvest or something to that effect. Um, yeah, then you would have a festival, you know, celebrating that and you know celebrating God's providence and um providing these sorts of things um uh, which and we don't do that i mean we don't do it in early summer <laughs> for, for sure um, so it's interesting how that changed yes what we what pentecost has come to mean yes uh, Feast of the Pentecost is in the book of Tobit and Second Maccabees, which are apocryphal books. It appears in the Septuagint as one of the names of the Festival of Weeks. There we go. Okay. So we have uh, appropriated the Festival of the Weeks for our Christian tradition. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yep. And yet it is, uh, like, like we've said, vitally important to... Uh, yeah. And that's part of the reason why perhaps all of these folks from different areas of the world were in Jerusalem. Were there. At the, at the time. Um, right. So, yeah. Yeah. And there, there is a gap. Um, so we didn't actually read the, the scripture of the Ascension and celebrate Ascension Sunday as much this past week. Uh, Ascension Sunday or Ascension. The Feast of the Ascension occurs 40 days after Easter, which was last Thursday. Um, and so oftentimes we'll preach about it on the Sunday after, but we didn't. But there's 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 a 10-day gap between Ascension and Pentecost. So 10 days between when Jesus ascended into heaven and when the Holy Spirit comes down and gives birth to the church. Um, and so you had these other folks who were coming in from out of town 
because of the festival of the weeks, this Jewish festival. But you have the disciples that are sitting there waiting because Jesus told them to wait. Wait here in Jerusalem, and then you'll get further instruction. And then further instruction comes in quite an interesting way, right? Mm-hmm. From mm-hmm. heaven, there was the rush of a violent wind filled the entire house, divided tongues of fire, a tongue rested on each of them. All the Holy Spirit began the ability to speak in other languages as they, I mean, just uh, kind of a wild scene, not, not a, not a, well, I don't want to say not a Presbyterian scene, but certainly not decently in an order, right? <laughs> no, I see no votes. Uh, I see no motions. I see no seconds. Uh, I see no declaration of a quorum, even for that matter, right? Um, so, so, and then we so we get down here. We get to verse uh, seventeen, and this is Peter speaking and. Um, there's all well in verse 14, there's this thing that I just kind of think, uh, men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem. Um, I just always think it's funny when something like that, everybody in this town, yep. uh, listen up, <laughs> it's just, uh, but, and then verse 17, in the last days, it will be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. So there's this declaration of the spirit coming to dwell amongst people, and those people then in turn prophesying. What do you think that they are going to prophesy, Greg? Great question, Damon. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Presbyterians are, get a little uncomfortable with the Holy Spirit stuff. It's just not in our wheelhouse as much as as, as God the Creator and and Christ the Son. Um, and so, w- what is the Spirit causing us to do? And uh, my favorite answer to that question uh, lies in one of our confessions as the Presbyterian Church. Uh, in the Book of Confessions, we have one that 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 was written in uh, in the in the eighties called A Brief Statement of Faith. And it talks about the work of the Spirit in the church and specifically uh, how that Spirit is, is working. And so let me, I'm going to read a brief section of this. We will read this as our affirmation of faith on Sunday. But it says that uh, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing, to witness among all people to Christ as Lord and Savior, to unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of people long silenced and to work with others for justice, freedom, and peace. I like that description of the Holy Spirit uh, for two reasons. One, I think it gives us direction on what the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives can help us do. But two, even as Presbyterians, I think we can get on board with this kind of work of the Spirit, right? And I think that, uh, and so I just, it's a compelling description of the work of the spirit to me and one that I really uh, like. And um, so we'll be talking about that on Sunday, I think. Yeah. So uh, you think this will preach? Do I think it'll preach? Well, yeah, the question is uh, similar to Easter and Christmas. We preach the same story year after year after year, do you think people will get bored with how we're preaching 
by we, I mean me, how I'm <laughs> preaching this story. Because <laughs> I'm certain that everybody remembers my Pentecost sermon from last year, right? Yeah, sure they do. It's about the Holy Spirit coming and dwelling amongst us and empowering <laughs> us to carry out the work of Christ in the world. <laughs> I remember it. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> in the same way that I'm certain everyone remembers our Easter and Christmas services uh, year after year, because, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I remember that last year we had organized a parade and we had people decorate their cars uh and whatnot and i was we did in fact yeah. that that sort of served as the the message because i think uh the parade drove around to different sites in hastings where we prayed on behalf of uh, different communities impacted by covid if i'm not mistaken that was a pretty powerful witness to the holy spirit uh that may make its way into my sermon this year as well hey there you go <laughs> So that's good. So it sounds like it'll preach as so. it has, as it has once or twice before. Uh, should we switch gears? Yeah, we got some, uh, some fun stuff going on in the life of our church. So um, vacation Bible schools right around the corner, uh, June 1st through 3rd. If you have not got your children or grandchildren signed up for it, now is the time. You can find those signups on our website, or if you can't find them on the website, call the church office. We'll get you teed up for that. Also in need of volunteers, uh, Steph reported to me this morning that she has had positive response to the call for volunteers, but that doesn't mean that uh, we can't use more volunteers. So uh, if you uh, feel so inclined to help love kids with the love of Christ, June 1st through 3rd, uh, come on down to the church, uh, get signed up to volunteer, and we'd love to have you. Um, that is a joint VBS with First United Methodist, and uh, it will be held outdoors on the green space adjacent to the Masonic Center. Uh, so hopefully uh, with COVID precautions in place and we're excited about that, so. And it is just, it's like nine to noon, right? In the morning, Correct. those three days. So um, just to give people a little bit of idea of kind of the time frame. so. And I don't know if Damon or I will be making an appearance there in costume as we have done occasionally over the last few years but uh by by damon or i, I mean mostly me dressing in costume and <laughs> yeah i don't know i know that i haven't received a request uh for that sort of a thing yet so yeah we should probably check with stuff to see if she has a role for us there okay. we'll do that we'll put it on that'll be on our list of things to do indeed so uh and we are back to uh, having folks in the sanctuary Sunday mornings for worship. We are no longer doing an RSVP system. We have a capacity of about 150 maybe for, for a Sunday morning worship in the sanctuary itself. Um, and we've been anywhere between 60 to 100 most of those Sundays. Confirmation was a bit of an outlier. Yeah. Uh, in terms of that. So there's, there is, if folks would like to come uh, to worship in person, there is really plenty of room in the sanctuary right now. And we do still ask uh, and require folks to wear masks uh, while they're in the building during the worship service. So trying to keep a safe an environment as we can for folks. Uh, and if folks 
you know, feel more comfortable continuing to worship online. Uh, we're, we're not going to stop doing the live stream or the radio broadcast stuff uh, as well. So, but that's kind of where we are for that. Um, and then on the 30th, what's, what's happening on the 30th? Well, it looks like we're going to be worshiping in Alexander Park, uh, weather permitting. Um, we will uh, do our 1030 worship service. It will also be broadcast from there. Uh, and then following worship, we're encouraging folks to bring a picnic basket and stay and enjoy each other's company and what will hopefully be beautiful weather and a chance for, for some fellowship. Um, that was going to be a joint worship service with First United Methodist Church. That's kind of up in the air right now. But regardless, we're going to do it out there in Alexander Park. Um, we will be commissioning our VBS volunteers as well as our go and serve team at that service. And it should be a delightful, fun outdoor service, a good way to kick off the summer. That happens to be Memorial Day weekend. Um, so we're praying for good weather and praying for a uh, joyful, joyful worship service in Alexander Park. And that is the park that is just north of the church on the corner of 7th and Lincoln on the, what is that, the northwest corner of 7th and Lincoln. We're on the southwest corner of 7th and Lincoln. You say so. And then uh, following that, <laughs> we kick off our summer sermon series. Damon, you want to tell us about what we're doing for summer sermon series this summer? Well, we got a couple of different things going on. One is our children's literature series. So we'll take a look at some children's books and uh, pull out some, some sacred themes uh, from those. Excuse me from those books and stories. And then after that, we're gonna to return to our summer sermon song series uh, once again this year. So if folks have uh, suggestions, we are set on the children's lit books, but we are still, we got our ears open yet um, for, for some song suggestions. So yeah. I put out that call on Sunday and I've already gotten a request. We will be uh, doing a sermon on a song from Mary Poppins. Oh, which one? Uh, I wasn't <laughs> familiar with it, so I haven't even listened to it yet, and I'm here now committing to it, so I need to be careful. But um, the song Feed the Birds from Mary Poppins. I, that was my reaction as well. But it's not uncommon, given our church's musicality yeah. and uh, love for musical theater, that uh, for typically every summer we've had one or two songs that have snuck in there from uh, musical theater. Mm -hmm. And so it wouldn't surprise me. In fact, now that I say that, I think I've also committed to my daughter. She put in a request of a song from Hamilton that may make its way into the rotation as well. Uh, Damon, how are your hip hop skills in terms of us perhaps um, doing a live version of that Hamilton song so that the, uh, the, the copyright folks don't shut down our broadcast? Um, would, can we just do a very slowly spoken word version of it? I think that's the only option at this point because not <laughs> Eli or Lin-Manuel Miranda, are we? I'm going to say my skills are lacking. Yeah, uh, in in that area. Yeah, which one, what is it? Which one is it? It's actually not one of the uh, fast spoken words ones. It's it's a more lyrical melody song, um, but I can't remember which one it is. But uh, the request was put in that we do something from Hamilton, and 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 
so we will probably incorporate something from Hamilton. So we'll have Mary Poppins, we'll have Hamilton. Um, uh, Reverend Bill will be preaching one Sunday in August and he's preaching, uh, well, I told you, it's, uh, who's that really popular British singer, redhead guy? Um, you know who I'm uh, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. And it's an Ed Sheeran and Andrea Bocelli uh, duet. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there's that, um, there is a Tracy Chapman song that has made its way into the rotation. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, that's four, but we mm-hmm. have eight weeks. So we need four okay. more songs. So that's incumbent upon all of you, our loyal listeners to tell us what we need to preach on. There was a request that somebody put that we, uh, publish a list of songs that we've already preached on. And so I will compile that and post that on our church's Facebook page. So people can see what we've already preached on. Yeah, that would, that would be helpful. Um, it would be. It would be. And it, it's going to be kind of fun to look back because Damon and I have now been doing this uh, summer sermon song series. This will be the fifth summer. Um, last summer, we incorporated the children's book. So we, we cut it down as we're doing this summer. But that's five summers and maybe averaging 12 sermons per summer. So we're, we, we're probably approaching by the end of the summer, we'll be a Approaching close to 50 or 60 songs that we've preached on that's wild five summers you could complete a college degree and a half in five years you were a better student than well, i was gonna I say mean, that you, i was you could a person could right i'm saying <laughs> and, and, and give I did, a sense fact. of how long of a time span that is yeah i i i did actually finish college in four years but somebody that i'm related to took a victory lap and finished in five i won't say who it was um but uh and actually i know that to be the case as well with uh certain folks that you're related to as well damon um so but i won't uh name those people mm-hmm. uh though in her defense she did end up with two degrees <laughs> in those five years Whereas the person that I'm related to still only ended up with one degree had started as a psychology major and switched to an education major and ed majors are pretty lockstep. So when you start that mm-hmm. process a little bit later, you got to play catch up. And, uh, and but she's again, gone on to get even more degrees. Uh, indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So, uh, but again, we won't disclose who that is. Just uh, names have been changed to protect the innocent. Yeah, they didn't even change it because they weren't even mentioned. So there we go. <laughs> Identities have been withheld. Identities have been withheld. Yeah, uh, and also, like, if folks want to suggest a song, I don't, I don't ever go back and look at the comments on these videos. Do you? Uh, occasionally, yes. Okay. Well, if they want to make sure that it gets to us, they should email us or call the church. Yes, that <laughs> is be- true. Best, I just occurred to me that someone may have just suggested something in a comment section at some point in time. Yes. So, uh, what else? Anything else? Man, I think that's. I think we've covered it. All right. Should we close with a word of prayer? Yeah, if you don't mind. I'd love to. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. God, as we reflect on the Pentecost story this week and on Sunday, may we open our hearts and our lives to your Holy Spirit 
to work within us and to work in the world. What we ask you, God, is that you align our vision to see the work of the Holy Spirit, whether that is in ourselves or whether that's in others or whether that's in the world. Open our eyes and our hearts to the working of your Holy Spirit so that we can be your Holy Spirit-filled people who are actively working in the world, seeking to prophesy and dream your dreams, O oh God. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, with all those things said and done, uh, I hope you have a lovely Pentecost Sunday. Uh, I won't be there in person joining you, but uh, until next time, toodaloo.